Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Rehoy and Son. Huge thanks to them. Uh, coming up, we'll pick the bones out of another disappointing weekend for our age group sides. Defeats for the under-21s and under-15s this weekend I mean it's all on the green senior squads if we're to avoid a red wash this season. On the club front, Saints will also be hoping they can supply some cheer when it comes to inter-island bragging rights. We'll look back at their WeWay Cup semi-final victory at Portsmouth in a week they became Prio League invincibles. There's also a reaction as Rockane Pirates clinch the Lancaster Division 1 title. A word from Alex Scott on his England ambitions this summer and a look ahead to what else is coming up this week. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Rob Batiste. Hi Tony. And James Fallop. Hi Tony. Uh, great to see you both. Um, let's start at the track shall we? Uh, once again as far as the age group Maratis go, it was Jersey lifting the silverware on Saturday. Uh, substitute Miguel Carvalho popping up deep into added time to snatch victory for his side. Uh, that was after Keen Domal had expertly levelled Daryl and Varlo's first half opener. Um, we all saw this one, I think. Uh, Rob, harsh on Guernsey or the right result in the end? I think it was the right result, but um, only marginally. Um, to be fair, I thought Guernsey put a good battling performance, but, you know, I think Jersey got stronger and stronger as the game went on, physically. Um, they were a very big side, and very, very well organised, and the longer the game went on, they looked like the most likely winners. And a lot of our players were dog-tired long before the end. And I wasn't at all surprised, even though it was in stoppage time, that they raced clear and Guernsey was you know, caught short at the back. And um, they've created a fine winning goal, which must have amused me. I saw on Twitter short afterwards, GFA Twitter service describing it as a tap-in. <laughs> I was going to see all your video work, Tony, proving it. What I saw was a fine volley, spectacular volley and a great finish. Yeah, to be fair, it was a great way to win a football match. It was. Um, it yeah, was a great goal. And a, and a good finish. No, it was um, a, a reasonable performance from our lads. Um, but as I say, um, I couldn't understand why we didn't make changes in the last quarter of the game when several of our players not only had faded from the game, um, people like Carl Lalasha, for example, down the down the right hand side after bright start had gone off the boil, and several other players were really really tired. Uh, I couldn't understand why we didn't use our bench at all. Jim, did you see it the same way? Yeah, I think it's a fair uh, fair assessment of uh, of the match. You know, I thought we you know we were as competitive as you would expect, but never really able to get a stranglehold on on the game. And you know, you know we had that bright. The brighter spell around the time that we scored the goal, that first 15 minutes of the second half. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at the end, we were just waiting for extra time and seeing what was going to happen there. I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of too close to call. But I suppose in, in the whole scheme of things, you'd look at it slightly uh, more disappointed than, than you would if we were winning other age groups, you know. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a moment. I mean, I, I thought there wasn't a huge amount to separate the sides. Um, I thought when Keane took his goal and he took it so well, the momentum might shift a little bit then. And I could really only see one team winning it from that point in terms of what I'd seen so far. Yeah, at the end, it was kind of, you've seen it sort of so many times before. I mean, Jersey just finding a way to win um, and, and sort of celebrating so jubilantly. Yeah. And the momentum did shift, uh, but, you know, then... I felt to an extent we played into their hands later on, you know, long balls, their centre-backs going, thanks very much against, you know, Diddy strikers that, that, that we've got. You know, you've got to get Ben Acey and Charlton Govine running at, uh, at these teams. And there was one moment in the second half where, you know, Charlton, I think, took on 
three guys got to the byline, you know, looked across, nobody to cross to kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, 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 these, these things are fine margins at this level, particularly, you know, I think we're very competitive and it's just it's a wee bit disappointing. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the two sets of players, two best players on the pitch were Ben Acey and Charlton Govine particularly in the first half. And it was a 20-minute spell in the first half where we played some really nice, decent football and AC was at the heart of it and Charlton looked really dangerous. But in the second half, when Jersey's sort of power took over, Charlton disappeared from the game. He obviously clearly troubled with an ankle issue. I'm not sure if it's the same one, quite possibly. And he basically was doing far too much, or trying to attempt to do much, win the game on his own, losing the ball more often than not. In the end, he went up front. We weren't getting the ball to him. Danger had gone as far as Jersey was concerned. And AC um, faded a little. And unfortunately, didn't get any help from a guy who I thought was going to, you know, potentially um, play in the senior Marathi at Springfield in a couple of weeks. I thought young Tom Jackson may well have played himself out of that game with a pretty ineffective performance for somebody who can play, but I didn't show it on Saturday, unfortunately. Very, um, very, very low-key game for him. Um, Jake Lowe did well, left-hand side of, uh, you know, the middle middle line. Um, and I thought Brad O'Regan had a terrific game at centre-half. Probably, you know, as good a, good a performance as anyone, really. And Lucas Hanley played well even though I'm not really sure whether he should be playing in this game. I was going to say, that's the first time I've seen Hanley play, uh, and I was really impressed. I mean, there's a young lad who, uh, you know, knows how all elements of keeping goal, you know. Um, but in terms of, you know, cl- you know not just shot-stopping, but claiming crosses, etc. You know, there's a guy who uh, I think give, gives the defence an immediate uh, level of comfort. Clearly a very good goalkeeper, Jim, but should we be playing people in age group Marathis? Um, who don't live in the island? Well, I, I suspect, I, mean, I, I don't know back in history, but certainly in modern times, that must be the first guy to play in a Marathi who doesn't live in Guernsey. I think, to be honest, as, and as I say, he had a really good game. He was a fine goalkeeper. GFC had done well to get him. No problem at all there. But, you know, selecting youngsters who don't live in the island is, to me, a smack in the face for the youth, young talent who are playing week in, week out. Um, don't like it at all. Yeah, I agree with you about Jackson and O'Regan. I thought, you know, it's such a shame because Tom Jackson had really grown into his role with GFC and had begun to look a real kind of steady presence in that midfield as the season went on. But um, yeah, didn't have his best game. But Brad O'Regan, I thought, was really strong. Um, looked like he um, was well up for it. You know, when you consider that Sol Solomon's been banging goals for Jersey Bulls this season, he was very, very quiet. Um, and, and I think yeah, O'Regan had a big part to play in that. He was um, he was kind of pretty sharp on on everything um, in and around his own box. Um, so yeah, that was a, a shame that that he um, couldn't enjoy a better result on the day. There was a bit of a, a funny moment at the start of the match. Was it Sammy Sutcliffe, the Jersey defender, who, who was sent off the field with a ring? Um, he, he'd been it sounded like he was telling the ref he'd been wearing this ring all season um, and had, had no issues. But anyway, uh, Tony Tony sent him to get Tony Saar was not for moving on that point. That's I for thought sure. he was going to have to like chop it off basically yeah, yeah. to, to get back on the. Pit. I'm not sure what they did in the dressing room, but perhaps they they put it on the finger under tap to make sure his finger. Shrunk as far as it could, and get out some gel, liquid, and yeah. you know, and yanked, yanked away. But I mean, um, you know, he, he was worried, the boy. If you could see that, and I know Jersey weren't 
very happy about it at all. It's one that you wait, makes you wonder why did we get into that position? Didn't these things was wasn't it checked in the dressing room beforehand? We've had a couple of comments on on Twitter um, after the Star Trophy uh, defeat on Sunday as well. Guernsey going down three nil. Um, there in that one um, a couple of people sort of calling for the inquest to begin um, <laughs> as defeats now for the 15s 16s 18s and 21s so far this season um, a blip or a more problematic trend do you think in my eyes it's a problematic trend and it may have a little bit to do with population but more uh, as far as I'm concerned it's more a case of our preparation is not as good as it should be and not as good as it used to be. Um, you know, um, there are many reasons for that. Um, and um, largely, a lot of it's down to the academy influence and selection around that, which I'm uncomfortable with, um, very uncomfortable with. And I don't think it's right that we should be selecting players purely from academies um, I think it should be on performance over the season and on the, and in matches, but um, there have been some changes around the back in the background, and um, we seem to be going down that road of sticking with them. You know, if, if you're not part of an academy, you're not you're not going to be in. But I I looked at the game in under t- the under twenty ones on Saturday, which of course is beyond the development years, and thinking, well, surely we've got more players available to us than this. Um, who we see on, on a regular occasion, on a regular basis, but they weren't involved. Um, and from what I hear, certainly in the 15, 16 age group, there are a number of players who were really talented across across the across the island clubs who weren't involved because they are not part of an academy. And I don't like to bang on about it, but I will. I just don't think it's right. I think you know the old system when we were doing well. For example, the schoolboy Marathi, we had a terrific record for decades when we used to pick our team, pick our squad early in the season and they they spent all winter preparing, playing lots of games, going on tour. Where are the tours these days? I don't see them. And I don't think... You, I know we, there has been an issue with the pandemic, but, um, you know, I think, you know, there has been enough time to get over that and play some sort of um, competitive football in some of these age groups. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where we need to look at it. We need to get our preparation far, far better. Um, I think it's a bit soft, to be honest. And if Jersey go on to win the senior Marathi Vars, uh, the women's Marathi as well, and there is this red wash, um, do you think that will force, Jim, a rethink of how things are done? Or, or, or does the, the sort of pandemic caveat, does that kind of... Uh I don't think the pandemic has any part in it. The you know, the red wash would be really disappointing. You know that Jersey would just go on about that forever. Um, you know we've always just about done enough, even in relatively fallow years, to avoid the the red wash. Um, us, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to to know the games that we've seen so far. Jersey haven't been miles better than us. Uh, and you know that's a wee bit disappointing that we, we can't l- turn around one or two of those um, of those results. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it is it, on the day is fine margins. But I think, like Tony Vance said the other day, you know, it doesn't really matter how well you play in the, the day; you just got to get a win. And, um, and we just at the moment seem not to have that knack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I don't think the margins have been huge. I mean, the goals have been really scrappy. The I don't think anyone can argue that Jersey didn't deserve to win that under-16s game, but certainly the two goals that put them 2-0 up within half an hour were both pretty unfortunate. Um, and then you look at the game on Saturday, um, 
at one end we had a, a sort of ball bobbling around the box it didn't quite work its way into the back of the net then Jersey got the other end and it was a pretty unfortunate opening goal for Guernsey to concede but yeah fine margins on the day but certainly um, yeah there's a few people starting to ask some questions yeah, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but it seems to me we are reliant very much more on individual skills. We're happy to push that element of the game, whereas jerseys always seem to be very strong, solid, have more combined nows across the team. And, um, you know, it's no surprise when they steal these goals and they get ahead. And when they do, they seem to know what to do with it. Um you know, um, it's it's not quite right. Not quite right at all. I think you mentioned, Jim, as well, the um, the innovation in Jersey of the, the Bulls under 23s. You were sort of wondering what kind of impact that would have. I mean, it's hard to tell um, sort of based on that one-off game. But you look at a lot of the players who played on Saturday uh, have been heavily involved with the Bulls under 23s this season, playing in a cup competition um, I'm playing quite a few matches over in the UK and also at home at Springfield. And should we be surprised at that? Um, we've seen the evidence in, re- in, in recent years that where the, all our best young talent come from, the Alex Scotts, the Keen Domiles, etc., etc., Ben Aces, the ones, two, there's two players going off to be professionals. Where have they played most of their UK football with a local club who prepared to spend some money to do it? Orma. Is it, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence that Alma, by spending some money and going out and playing much better players, have produced the mo- the best talent. I challenge the GFA then to um, perhaps um, take up that cudgel and start um, backing our youth football. And we'll see how things develop from here. Um, yeah, disappointing uh, age group Marathi season, but the big one is still to come. Uh, a couple of weeks will be obviously building up in full um, here on the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. So stay tuned for that. Coming up next, I will uh, turn our attention to domestic matters. Welcome back. Let's talk club football now. Another great week for Saints. They're through to the final of the We Wake Up. Only the third Guernsey finalist in the Jersey competition in the last 10 years. Uh, Saints, of course, uh, the most recent Guernsey winners in 2011. Um, Jim, you were down there at Portsmouth to see them book their place in that final uh, to face St. Peter. They did so with a 3-1 win over Rovers, but they were put under some serious pressure. Yes, um, Rovers will, will uh, as I've written, uh, Rovers will kind of be wondering why they're not the ones booking the booking the flights. Uh, in the first thirty minutes, they had the poss- possibility of putting Saints to the sword in a way that has not been seen this season. Totally dominated the game, uh, missed several guilt edge chances, including one uh, Maximson Cohen. You know the way he'd ghosted inside his fullback and then set himself up for the shot. You're just waiting for the net to burst, and it blazed over the bar. Um, and so, yeah, and you kind of thought Rovers have flattered to deceive a little bit like this before this season and you could sense that the bench knew it and even the players knew it the longer the game went on and they didn't score you kind of think oh you know how how are they going to turn this dominance in, into into goals into a victory and then Saints broke away on half hour Finn Duport robbed Tyler McCain and went through and Adam Bullock saved the shot corner from the corner Saints scored and you could just see Rovers thinking not again Uh, and then Finn Whitmore went off uh, with an ankle injury he was rolling subs so he did come back and then they conceded again before half time and the Rovers team were trotting off at the break you know throwing their arms up in the air it's happened again kind of thing Um, and that that is really frustrating for them because honestly the first 30 minutes you know Saints 
hardly had a kick uh, and it was you know uh, kind of uh, nice to see if, you know, f- for the neutral just to see that you know, the uh, you know, the invincibles being challenged but the way that they came through that with such ease in the end really is um, you know just I suppose shows the mark of uh, of champions and I suggest they'll give St Peter a really good game and probably go on to win it and that'll be the first Guernsey win since they last won it in 2011. Yeah they're fighting on so many fronts at the moment as the season wraps up is there a sense that there's there's too much too much to go out for them? Well it's a big squad they've got I mean um, Brad O'Regan played a second 90 minutes in, in in three days but they also had three of the members of the under 21 squad on the bench uh, two other teenagers playing in, in, in the side um, on on Monday. So, um, yeah, I mean, they will be pushed. I mean, let's face it, the, the squad is, is big but not huge. Uh, and you know, now facing, what, something like f- potentially four, five finals in, uh, in the space of a fortnight, three weeks, which is going to be tough for anybody. But you know, it's, as but mental, it's mental as much as anything, I think. You know, it's not only physically injuries and all that sort of stuff I think when you play big games and you get you know you win something and you get such a buzz from it you know the next game is always difficult to get get up for and it capped a massive week for them didn't it their win over Bell seeing them home in the Premier League unbeaten um, the first side in 39 years to achieve that feat um, Vell wrecked the last to do it in 82-83 Rob, they were most people's, many people's favourites this season, Saints. But just how impressed are you by that achievement? Very. Um, I'm not surprised, though, because they've got this resilience. They've got this tough physical nature about them. Also, but even harder mental side to it, where they've got this experience with Sarge at the back, Chris Lanieri, um, Dom Yo, Simon Gill, you know, Etty Leproa. They just got, they've just got something about them, which is... They, they've learned how to win and get themselves out of difficult situations time and time again. So I, I wasn't at all surprised to hear that they'd been under the cosh for a lot of the game against Rovers and yet won because, you know, they did that against home to North early in the season when North outplayed them at Blanche Pier Lane. But they held on and came through. They scored the cr- crucial goals at the right time and they did it last season as well. They're tough to score against and they've always got a goal in them. And that's, you know, that's what, makes, combo. That's yeah. what makes the difference. But they're mentally tough, and they are, and they are in that respect. They are some distance above all the other main challenges. North, for example, Rovers, Sylvans. You know, they've got this combination. They know in the dressing room, they get set out beforehand that you know, if things get hard, hard going, they'll survive it and then push on. And time, time again, we see it. And they've got the Upton this weekend. Yep, I've, I've. Fully expect them to win it. I think they'll have you know this experience throughout the team. Um, Jersey of uh, young the Clement side first the biggest game in their their, their lives coming to the track and um, you know I think Saints will just have that too much from. Well, we definitely need a Guernsey uh, win in one of these inter-island football matches. So. Can I just say a, a, a word of uh, praise for uh, Sunday morning or Bank Holiday? Sorry, Bank Holiday Monday morning football. Great crowd at Portsmouth uh, on Monday, and I think an awful lot of people thought, "Oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything, uh, anything special." I rolled down to Portsmouth, and uh, there was a you know, really a, a crowd that would be better than you'd get on a Saturday afternoon. I thought. 
Great stuff. Yeah, good to see a big crowd down there. And there might have been a few up at St. Peter on Sunday to see Rockane Pirates crown Lancaster 1 champions after beating Rovers um, in a title decider there. Congratulations to them. I know you've been across uh, what was happening there, um, Jim. Uh, it was a bit of a, a big finish. Yeah, well done to uh, to, to Rockane. Um, they, so they needed just to draw to win the league. Rovers needed to win. And if they had won the game, then their superior goal difference would have given them the title. Uh, Rovers went 1-0 up inside the first five minutes but uh, Rockane came back with an equaliser and then scored a winner in the last minute of the game but you know I mean, good but, time to score yeah but it wasn't decisive because Rovers needed the win not uh, not the not the point so um, you know so, so uh, well done to uh, Rockane just shows as we were saying the other week when we had our big chat about the um, the Jackson inverted commas um, the a team that consistently puts out a group uh, the same group of players some of whom are you know very skilled at that level will always reap results uh, at uh, that level of football I'm sure some good celebrations followed it well a short time ago I spoke to one of their players um, on Sunday about the win and um, about the club as a whole Harry Southwell but first of all, Harry, congratulations to you and your team. Um, sounded like quite a finish in the end. Uh, yeah. Hi, Tony. Thanks for uh, having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, it was um, it was certainly a spectacle. Um, perhaps not the most high quality game in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly not short of drama. And um, yeah, I think we were maybe a little bit lucky on the day, but um, now we'll definitely take it. Yeah, because it was all to play for, wasn't it, going into that final game against Rovers? Um, they needed the win, but you guys just needed the point. Yeah, that's right. So as long as we didn't lose, um, basically, we'd have, we would have gone and won the league. But um, yeah, we were 1-0 down after five minutes. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we had it all to do. But um, yeah, I don't know how often that happens uh, at the end of a season when it's that close. So um, yeah, no, it's good fun. It was good to be a part of. Yeah, fantastic. And, and yeah, another big milestone for Rockane Pirates. I mean, what, what's been the kind of keys to your success this season? Um, well, I think I think the fact we're all, you know, really good mates off the pitch. Um, essentially, the kind of club's really formed from what was a sort of business league team uh, with a few of us as mates that's just kind of grown and grown um, over the years. You know, we've, we've managed to sign some sort of really good players in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, you know, Roy Moriarty and Ben Bullock would probably start in, in, in most Prio teams. So that's definitely helped. Um, and I think having a consistent side every week has definitely helped as well. Um, obviously that's not always the case for the other teams so I think that's definitely definitely played into our hands at, at certain points during the season and uh, Matt Sariza popped up with that goal I think right at the end um, at the weekend has he been a, a sort of driving force at the, at the sort of front end of the pitch yeah I mean we were all pretty buzzing for him because he, he was on the bench um, initially for the game and obviously Neil wants to, to be on the bench for the big games but he's, he's, he's come on and, and done the business for us on uh, on Sunday but um, yeah I mean he's been he's been banging them in for a couple of years now so um, yeah fair play to him yeah great stuff and for you personally am I right in saying that you sort of started with Pirates you, you went and played a bit with Sylvans in the Prio and then sort of came back to the Pirates yeah so I, I was part of that kind of um, business league team uh, AS Rabona I think it was called <laughs> it's a long time ago now um, and then we came into the into the league as, as the structures changed um yeah i went off to sylvan to sylvan's for a couple of years um you know probably wasn't getting as much of, of looking as i liked so just made a decision to go back and, and, and play with my mates and, and start playing football again and um yes yeah, it's, it's it's worked out well obviously this season for us and for you guys as you know sort of throughout the squad is it all about kind of yeah making it as enjoyable as possible and the fact that yeah you all know each other so well and, and are good friends on and off the pitch yeah exactly i mean it's, it's as much of a social i mean 
for us to just keep playing football and, and keep having something to do for during the week. And then, um, yeah, if we can get some competitive games out of it as well, then, then that's a bonus. And what's next for the Pirates then? I mean, there's been some chat about, you know, maybe stepping up again. Have you guys got any genuine ambitions to be a Premier League squad? Um, <laughs> depends if you ask us after a few beers or not. I'm not really sure, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, let's see. It's, I think it's a little bit out of our hands, um, to be honest. But um, I don't know. I think on our day, we could probably be competitive with a fair few teams in the league. But um, yeah, I, I can't really give you too much more. Let's just let's just wait and see on that one. Yeah, I mean, we certainly need need a few more additions. You know, I think we've we've struggled even at times this year um to, to get a, a sort of full squad out for games but um yeah we might need someone to build us the ground as well so um, <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of work to be done we've been talking a little bit about it recently about the Lancaster one of you know about the Jackson League um there's been quite a few walkovers sort of as the season progressed but for you guys is that has it been a division this season that you've enjoyed playing in and sort of felt challenged and and um yeah tested yeah, at times. I mean, obviously Sunday was was a really tough game. Um, full credit to Rovers because they came out um, certainly in the first half and as if as if they wanted it more uh, than we did. So, um, but yeah, no, it has been frustrating to be honest. Um, I think we may have had three or four walkovers possibly um, during the course of the season. So, you know, th- that's not what we want. That's that's not what we sign up to play. So, um, but there have been games where you know it has been has been competitive. Um, North run us close. We played them as well um sylvans as well so yeah it has been but i just think it's lacked that consistency um i think you guys have spoken about it just having teams getting getting a side out regularly and consistency especially as the season goes on um i think you guys might have mentioned it but i saw last weekend or the weekend before all every single game pretty much was a walkover so you know i do think they need to have a look at it and um see what they can do about it because ultimately everyone that's sort of a regular in that league will want to play as much as they can yeah, exactly. And you guys will be back there next season? Uh, hopefully. Yeah, we, we we certainly want to be playing uh, in some division, um, whoever will have us really. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got the cup final next week uh, against Ravers again. So um, get that one out of the way first. Hopefully uh, add another trophy and then see where we go. Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, yeah, congratulations. Hope the uh, celebrations were pretty big on uh, Sunday afternoon and um, you've got enough players to get out for that cup final. <laughs> yeah, we're certainly missing one. Um who may or may not have ended up at A&E the next day. But um, yeah, no, it was a good night. Naming any names? Uh, he wore the armband on the weekend. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay, cool. So he, he might be missing next week. He may be. Yeah, okay. Well, um, good stuff. Hope he recovers soon. And um, yeah, congratulations again. Uh, great to see you guys uh, doing so well. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Tony. Harry Southwell from Rockane Pirates speaking to me there. Congratulations uh, once again uh, to them. Um, let's finish with a quick word uh, on Alex Scott, or a quick word from Alex Scott. He's been talking um, to the media in Bristol about his ambitions with England this summer. Like any, any young lad wants to be in the position I am at the moment. So, yeah, I'm just grateful for, for all the opportunities. And like you said, playing for your country, it's always a proud moment, whether it be a friendly or, or a qualifying game. I was always proud to, to wear the England shirt. So, yeah. It would just be that one step further to play at a major tournament for England. So, yeah, I'm excited. Well, you can read more from that press conference on our website, guernseypress.com slash sport. He also talks about how he'll be looking after Ben AC when he joins him in Bristol um, this summer. So it will be a, a big one for Alex uh, in Bristol and further afield. Uh, right, that's just about it then, I think. Our thanks once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show and to you for listening. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at GSY Press Sport. And as ever, for much more local football coverage and coverage of everything else going on in Guernsey Sport, do pick up a paper. Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony. Thank you.